Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's about supporting yourself in as many ways as you can. For instance, you know, realizing that you're good enough. You don't have to be perfect because if you think you've got to be perfect all the time, that's you're never going to be able to reach that level and then you're always going to be kind of like thinking that you're not good enough it's mentally yours from ellen and focus on your mental health you surely won't regret it's mentally 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 yours mentally yours mentally yours Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And this week we'll be chatting to Caroline Penny. She's got a book out called The Parenting Toolkit, Simple Steps to Happy and Confident Children. So we're going to be chatting to her about all things parenting and mental health. Well, the book's called The Parenting Toolkit. Simple Steps to Having Confident Children. And I wrote it because I've been working in this field for 30 years Mm -hmm. and I wanted to kind of distill kind of all the stuff that I think is really important either before I go gaga or just because I think it's a really, really important area and parenting is completely undervalued. Like if you were bringing up pigs or something, or not bringing up pigs, but if you had a pig farm, you'd get a manual to know how to um, help pigs get to the right size, etc., etc. Sure. But when you have children, you don't get anything. And there's a lot of information out there which can make it an awful lot easier than... Uh, than, than it can be. So when you say you worked in the field, uh, what exactly did you do? Well, I've run parenting courses, yes, for 30 years. And I've also trained lots of people to become parent facilitators so that then they can 
train other so then they can run courses for other parents Mm. also you are a parent yourself yeah and I'm a parent myself and a grandparent Mm -hmm. so sort of done quite a lot of training within all that as well I've sort of become a family therapist and I was a counsellor in fact when I had my children I I was already a nurse and I'd done a psychology degree and I thought well I've got it all covered and yet actually having children was something completely different and all those skills that I thought I'd learned from being a nurse or being doing studying psychology weren't any use whatsoever so obviously this is a mental health podcast um can you tell us a bit about the mental health side of the book well I do talk quite a lot about you supporting yourself as a parent because it's incredibly important when you're a parent that you don't get too stressed out really because actually parenting can be very, very stressful. So it's about supporting yourself in as many ways as you can. For instance, you know, realising that you're good enough, you don't have to be perfect because if you think you've got to be perfect all the time, that's you're never going to be able to reach that level and then you're always going to be kind of like thinking that you're not good enough and that's not helpful at all. So so I talk a bit about that in the book and also about the basic things like, you know, get enough sleep and eating and exercise and making sure that you still see your friends and making sure that you fill your own cup up so that you can and not to feel guilty about it. So you've got to look after yourself as a parent. So I talk quite a lot about how to look after yourself as a parent. But then I, and I also talk about how you can support your children so they can grow up to be kind of healthy or confident children. I mean, all children, life has got, you know, slings and arrows. And so not every life is going to be perfect. But also just to kind of like help parents know what they can do that's going to help their children as much as as much as possible. So obviously you're also a descendant of Freud, which is exciting for us on a mental health podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the things that comes up a lot in Freudian theory, but also just general stereotypes of psychology is yeah. anything that's wrong with you, it's your parents' fault. How do you deal with that? kind of fear of messing up and basically messing up your child for life how do you deal with that as a parent yeah I mean it is really hard as a parent because you always feel you always feel that you're to blame for everything very often and you also always feel very judged as well so it's quite a sort of different it's a very difficult position to be in to be a parent um but I think I think if you can just say that I've, I've done, you know, I've done as well as I could and that I've been, I've been as good as parent as I could be, then that can kind of help a lot. And I think also if you're curious about, you know, if you look things up and you're curious about what is out there to actually support me, I think very often when you're a parent, you've only got one model and that's the model of how you were brought up. And if that wasn't brilliant then it's quite good to think, well, there might be some other models. I can kind of do some research or I can maybe get some help so that I don't need to bring up my children in the same way I was brought up. And that's and that's very, very important. 
But I think another thing around that as well is though, you know, if you're a parent and your child's, you know, got some mental health issues, it can be incredibly worrying because it's not like they've got a physical illness where you know that if you take those antibiotics, you're going to get better. Or if you've got a broken arm, you know, after three months, it's going to be better. You don't really know what the prognosis is. Are they going to be anxious for a long time or depressed or whatever? So it can be incredibly worrying as a parent when you don't quite know, you know, how long it's going to be, or whether your child's going to be anxious forever or or depressed or down. What kind of advice would you give to parents sort of in that sort of situation? Um, because a lot of, for a lot of people, um, young people sort of start experiencing mental health issues around sort of um, in their teenage years. Um, yeah. What sort of advice would you give to parents who say um, their child is, I don't know, 13, 14, but in, in their teenage years, something's happened um, what would you say to them? I'd say, first of all, really try and listen to your child to kind of really see what's going on. And sometimes you have to be a little bit like a detective because sometimes it's not all that obvious. But really try and see what's going on underneath. You know, what's what's triggering that behaviour in your in your child or your adolescent? So, so be a bit like a detective. So really, really listen also try to sort of acknowledge their feelings so that they really feel that you're there for them and then also try and get some help because there is help out there sometimes you have to fight for it but there is some help out there you know either go to the gp and refer to cams or the child and adolescent mental health services so that you, you can get help also i think the government's also putting a lot of money now into schools into mental health in schools so you know Maybe go to the school and see if you can find the child a counsellor. I think just be and if you're actually if the if the child knows that you're really there for them, sometimes they can feel at least they've got somebody on their side and not quite so lonely and isolated. Yeah, and but take it seriously. I think acknowledging feelings is a big kind of running theme throughout the book, and you talk yeah. about doing that from very young children, toddlers yes. throwing tantrums up to teenagers. Yes. Why is that so important? Can you tell us a bit more about why it's key to acknowledge, you know, maybe feelings that don't make sense to us? Yeah. I think acknowledging feelings is a real kind of key. And like, even if they don't make sense to you, just kind of like being able to put it into words, particularly maybe for a toddler, you know, Say, for instance, a toddler's having a real tantrum because they want to walk back home the same way that you went, but actually you want to go a different, quicker way, for instance. Just be able to say, look, I know that you really want to walk home that way by that tree, but actually we have to walk home this way because I need to get home quickly. You're actually putting into words what you think the child is actually feeling and you're also saying kind of like the reason um, can actually help the child be able to process their own feelings so then they're all then they're more able to actually as they get older to actually say what they're feeling and they're not going to kind of like bottle it all up and also they won't won't then just when they are unhappy go from naught degrees to 100 degrees just like that because they're able to kind of like talk about what they're feeling and why they're upset they've got a lack of vocabulary for their feelings 
So although it can seem a bit stupid to be talking to a you know a three year old about what they're feeling, saying, you know, I know you're really sad because your sandcastle's got broken by that other little boy. But actually, it's quite important to give them that emotional vocabulary that it's okay for them to have those feelings. So I would say it's a real key. And it also it also sort of shows the child that you are that you're on their that you're on their side and that you understand what they're feeling and then they don't have to act it out by their behaviour being very aggressive or whatever. I think also that as adults, we might not be that good at expressing our feelings ourselves. How yes. do we make sure that we don't kind of pass on maybe those unhealthy coping techniques and also make sure that we look after our own mental state while also looking after children? Yeah, I think that it's a really good question. And I think looking after your own mental state is really important. And I think sometimes... Like when you become a parent, you've got an opportunity to kind of reparent yourself as well in some ways. But it's to kind of think, you know, you really want to get it right for your child. And if you think, gosh, maybe I need to get a bit of help myself before, you know, when I have my, you know, when I have my child, maybe that's a good, a really good idea. Maybe having a bit of therapy yourself. But I think also, like, when you do have a child, I mean, for a long time I've been running parenting groups and I've been training other parents to run parenting groups and other professionals as well. Sometimes, like, going to a group where you can learn the skills or just learn can actually be enormously beneficial to kind of, like, help you not repeat patterns which haven't been that helpful to you and you can and it can really transform your life in lots of ways. What are some of the common things that have come up for you in these um, parenting groups? Well, lots of kind of like worries about children. So lots of worries either about, often it's about the children's behaviour that is either very aggressive or that they can't really understand. So either the, 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 the child's been very aggressive to siblings or not doing what they're told or not listening um, sometimes it can just be like that. And sometimes just by learning some very um, simple tools, such as, you know, playing with a child, like doing child-led play with your child for maybe 10 minutes a day, can really improve that bond between the parent and the child so that then the child isn't acting out so much, isn't being, I don't, sorry, isn't being aggressive or being so angry because they know that they're having that special time with you. Other things that a parent can do is like praise, you know, giving sort of very specific praise, and then the child's more likely to repeat that behaviour more often. Um, and also kind of not labelling the child, because if you start labelling the child as being naughty or being difficult or being shy or being, you know, anxious all the time, then very often you can get like a self-fulfilling prophecy and the child will, you know, will do their best to fulfil your prophecy. So trying to, you know, not to label the child, but maybe describe the behaviour is much more helpful. Mm. So some of those sort of positive things can really change behaviour. And also as a parent to kind of reflect on why you think their child is behaving that way. 
and to think back to your own childhood a bit and think, you know, what was it like for me when, you know, I was told off because I came home late or whatever, just to get you back into what it's like to be a child can be very, very helpful. We hear a lot more these days about uh, mental health issues in sort of much younger children as well. Do you think that's because there's more of it about or do you think it's just because more people are kind of talking about it? I think I think maybe more people are talking about it, but I think um I think the family life now in so this present generation is a lot harder than it's ever been before because I think there's many more pressures on families. Um, often both members of families have to work or if you're a, a lone parent, you have to work. Um, there's not so much time. There's so many different pressures on you, either the, the internet, um, screens. So it's it can be a lot harder, I think, to actually be the parent you want to be than maybe sort of in previous generations. I think there's also more pressure. If you look on Instagram, Pinterest, any like mum sites, yes. there's a lot of kind of perfect parents held up. Yes. How do you deal with the pressure to be perfect and do everything the right way? Yeah, it's, I think I, I always talk a lot about don't try to be a perfect parent because that, is a hiding to nothing, you know, you're just going to feel awful all the time, you're never going to be it, but that it's okay just to be good enough and that it's a really important premise to have. Um, but I think, and also try to keep away from people who kind of like post all these pictures of them and all their kids having a fantastic time, being a fantastic parent and isn't it easy and, you know, I'm the best parent in the world because if you're kind of with those people all the time, you're just going to feel terribly depressed because normally parenting isn't like that you know parenting has got enormous highs but it's got enormous lows um, and the intensities of the feelings can be amazed can be quite incredible really um, but also you know as a parent you know it's very chaotic very often you know children make an enormous amount of mess it's it's difficult to kind of keep organized and you don't have any time because you've got to, you know, be with the child. So, you know, so I'd say really try to keep away from people who just say it's really easy and they've got perfect families and, you know, perfect relationships, etc. because, you know, you're just going to feel like just, you know, hiding away and never coming out. Also remember that the internet isn't everything. Mm, like if yeah. you go on Pinterest, you'll see mums making like these detailed bento boxes for their kids' lunches every day. It's like, that is not realistic. And that same person isn't sharing the pictures of the tantrums, the gross nappies, etc. Mm. <laughs> it's important to remember that, I think. Yes. Yes. It's also important to think about so development as well, that, you know, children go through different stages and, you know, you have to have a, like a child development perspective as well in that Actually, people talk about the terrible twos, but actually that's a normal stage of a child becoming an individual and becoming themselves. And so it's not that, you know, you're a terrible mother or something. It's that the child is becoming to individuate and to become who they are. So, you know, they're not being, you know, you know, a devil child or being absolutely awful. They're absolutely just doing what they should be doing. 
What sort of challenges did you have um, in terms of mental health when, well, as a parent yourself and as a grandparent? The well, I think just having children, you know, I found quite difficult, which is why I went actually went to a parenting course when my kids were quite small and that made an enormous difference to me I think just being with other parents being able to share kind of the good times and the bad times made such a difference so I got really you know I got really empowered well, I don't know I think I learned some things which I didn't really know about like, for instance like acknowledging feelings and what a big difference that could make in my family and also about thinking about how you know, what is the need behind the behaviour? Why, you know, why is he doing that or why is she doing that? And I think I learned so much from it that I thought, oh, I, really, I really want to stay working in this field as well because I think, you know, if, if all parents could use all these skills and it's not rocket science, but somehow it's not getting out there, which is another reason why I wrote the book because I thought I want you know, all parents to have these skills, like, you know, that there's like, so they have like a parenting toolkit so that they're not always at sea, but they've got an idea about what they can do when their children behave in different ways. As a parenting expert who's written a book, do you ever feel tempted to like micromanage other people's parenting? Like, do you ever notice people parenting in a certain way and want to go like, I'll oh, stop you there. That's not quite right. I sometimes, I try not to, but I can sometimes, I can get quite upset. Like if I'm out, I don't know, I was out, I was out having a picnic, uh, you know, about six months ago and there was a, you know, there was a family scenario and there was a father who was getting so cross with his two-year-old child who was just kind of like being a normal two-year-old child. But I don't know what was going on before, but you know, he was being quite scary. He was making me feel scared. Mm. So, so sometimes I can feel you're a bit more sensitized. I feel a bit more sensitized to it than maybe I would be if I hadn't studied so much on parenting. So, but so what's the question again? Just so yeah. About, so yeah, obviously, yes. when you feel that way, do you ever find yourself getting involved? No, no, I don't. That's very no, restrained. I don't. No, it's very restrained. <laughs> don't want to get beaten up you yeah. know so um no I don't but I do think oh my gosh I just do wish that person could go on a parenting course or something because I can kind of see that that's just not helpful mm -hmm. and sometimes you can see people they're doing things in the, with the best possible intention but you know that it's having just the reverse effect and so it's they're not it's not been that helpful what do you think of the kind of parenting trends that go around so like recently there's panda parenting and like tiger parenting Finnish oh yeah parenting like tiger mums yeah what yeah. do you think of those do you think they can be helpful or are they making things worse i'm not sure oh, i think i mean the tiger mum thing um i think i, I think it's not that helpful, actually. Mm. I mean, I know that, you know, if you've got, if you're a tiger mum, you're, you know, maybe your children do terribly well and they all end up, you know, at Oxford and Cambridge or, you know, Harvard or something. But I think that, you know, the child's mental health will be quite affected because they're not being allowed to be who they are and they're being used just as a object, really, to be kind of manipulated. So I don't think, you know, it's, I mean, there's lots of different ways of bringing up children. 
and you know and children you know can be happy and successful etc and it also depends a lot on the child's own makeup their own genetic makeup how resilient they are but i think if that you know being told they've got to work you know you know do homework all the time and being crammed and not allow you know got to do five hours piano practice every night or whatever no one book they said that the, the the child had got there was teeth marks in the piano because the child was so upset about having to do piano practice all the time so i don't think that actually helps mm. in my opinion mm. i think that it doesn't let the child be who they are and the child you know it's nothing worse than as an adult if you've been brought up to be somebody else than who you really are you're not being authentic you're not you're not you've you've got like a full self you're not you don't know who you are so so i think it's much more important that parents really try and tune into who their child is and not try and make their child something else and final question obviously there's no like one secret to parenting and otherwise there wouldn't be books about it but if there were like three things that you just think every parent should know to raise mentally healthy children and set their children up for the best possible life what would those three things be there's three th- i suppose the three things are acknowledging feelings acknowledging feelings then having boundaries because children are much happier if they have boundaries i mean not i mean kind of like the right the right sort of boundaries you don't want them to be too tight and you don't want them to be too loose but just kind of because children feel much safer if they've got boundaries and also kind of unconditional love so i think those three things are really really important those are the things you know and then they can read my book because that's got all the other things in it but anyway but i think those if they did those three things i think that would do an awful lot to help your child grow up to be a happy, confident, secure adult. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Come online and have a chat with us on Facebook. We've got a group called Mentally Yours. Also, we're on Twitter at MentallyYRS. And if you've enjoyed this show, please give us a rate and a review. Thanks very much to our producer, Sam Bonham, and to Lucy Baker for the jingles. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.